Hi, welcome to Season 2 of the Silverline Podcast, an audio version of our video streams that we hold weekly. They're edited a little bit to make them a little more concise. My name is Roland Mann. I'm the head honcho at Silverline, and we have a great time making fun comics that we think that you'll enjoy. So thank you for listening, and maybe go check out some of our comics if you haven't already. This episode is titled Supporting Characters, Good and Bad. It originally aired December 13th, 2020. Uh, all right. So, who wants to who wants to dive in first and talk about uh, supporting characters? Well, I mean, I, I think probably if we're going best, the, the very first best one, especially nowadays, is Alfred and Batman. I think is like perfect, perfect, perfect supporting character where he has stuff to do. He's important to the story structure. You know, there's a lot of embellishments, and it's likable. I think there's yeah. a lot of supporting characters that aren't likable, to be honest. You know, <laughs> Just move along. Okay, so that's actually an interesting. I got to take these this my my hat off. It also covers my ears, so I can't hear very well. So uh, I'm taking my Santa Claus hat off, running my hand through my hair, so y'all can't see how what how nasty the hat made it. Thank you, got it. All right, let's see. Let's see, Roberta add to stream. Whoa, look at that! Excellent. So, so. Pendulum. All right, so that was you, you beat me to it. I was about to ask you what your color you on, but you're going on yeah. pendulum. Uh, all right, so Curtis, so here's here's a question uh, for you then. So you said he's not likable. Does that make him? Or, or, or supporting characters aren't likable. Does that, does an unlikable character mean it's a bad supporting character, or does that just mean it's an unlikable well, when, character? When Alfred's likable, you know, yeah. but um, and that's why I think he's one of the better supporting characters. I think bad supporting characters are characters that sometimes are just kind of the connective tissue for the uh, the comic book. Like whenever there's usually a reporter in a comic book, mm. that character is usually there if they're not the main character to incite something to happen later. And if, if it's not written well, they're just there to kind of help the plot move along. Um, there's nothing about their character that's likable. You know? I think that's, that's kind of my thought on it. You know? All right. So, so would you agree then that uh... – a characteristic of a good supporting character is being likable. Um, they have to be <laughs> likable, or you have to like to hate them. You know, but okay. if you know, like it could be a, a villainous, you know, supporting character or something like that. But yeah, I think being likable is is important. You know, they have to have some quality that you enjoy reading. That's my point. All right, other people. Other people listen to me. I, like <laughs> I know whether he's not a good. I I I did like as I mentioned on Wednesday. I always like Hudson and the original Aliens, but Bill Paxton yeah. makes everything great. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to think of comic book supporting characters. Yeah, that's weird. Um, well, all right. So let's 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 let me. How about let's toss out a, a title, some popular yeah. titles, and see if we can come up with supporting characters from there. So I'm just going to go to like one of my all-time favorites. What about Spider-Man? Who would you say are supporting characters of Spider-Man? Um, Mary Jane. Okay. Aunt, Aunt May. Aunt yeah. May. J. Jonah. Um, Jameson. He's got a huge supporting cast of characters. Yeah. Yes, he does. Actually. So, so do you think the the size of the cast of supporting characters is what uh, part of what makes him better? Yeah. I mean, I want to yeah, say Spider-Man better than than most comics, right? Definitely. Yeah, you know it's funny. I was thinking like I used to, you know, I was a big fan of the X Men, but 
if there was a team, the team would be not supporting characters. It would be the main character. So I'm even thinking about, because that's what I was thinking, like supporting characters in comic books. Like, well, the X-Men, like, no, the team members are all primary characters. So yeah. here's a supporting well, character okay. in that book. So, yeah. so, so let me make, uh, let me make a, a, a small time out here. And guys, if I'm getting too de- if you think I'm getting too deep, I need you to stop me, okay? Uh-oh. But uh, I, I actually, so one of the things I talk about in my class is how to handle a team book, how to handle, a, 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 well, I call it the, an ensemble cast because yeah. most of my students know, why are we talking about team superheroes, right? No, I just call it an ensemble cast. And the reality is, is that you can't often tell a story about seven people, right? It, it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's hard for, because I give the example, if the, there's five of us, right? If the five of us were going to go to the zoo... Right, we would all climb in a bus and we would go to the zoo. We would all be doing the same thing, right? That would be our story. Our goal would be to go to the zoo. Only one of us would drive the bus. That would be me, just in case you didn't know. But only, <laughs> only one of us would drive the bus, right? So, so somebody has to drive the story, right? Some character has to drive the story. Now, are you guys from? You guys know who Paul Levitz is, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So. There's um there's this um now I didn't call it the little the I didn't call it this when I was doing it because I didn't know that it had a name right but it's just this thing that I was doing when I was uh when I thought Cat and Mouse was going to be ongoing this was one of the things that I was doing but there's this thing called the Levitt's paradigm okay in which um and and if you're unfamiliar with that um I highly recommend this book. Uh, which is called uh, the DC Comics Guide to Writing Comics. It's written by uh, Denny O'Neill, who is uh, Mr. Batman, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Denny's associated yeah. with Batman on for for over span of several decades, right? Uh, and Denny's the one who talks about the Levitt's paradigm in here, and it's actually uh, also used in episodic television. Now, I know you're not going to be able to read it, but that's okay. But you're going to be able to see this how the stories progress, right, in the plots. Is what he's saying that one plot will take precedence, and then the next issue, the next plot will take precedence. The next issue, the next plot will take precedence as well. Well, that's kind of that's kind of how I think. When you got an ensemble cast, you're going to have one of the characters, or maybe two, who is the the chief, the protagonist, and then the rest of the team is supporting cast. So if you're reading the yeah. Avengers and you're reading a story about uh, Scarlet Witch and Vision. Then Thor, Iron Man, Captain America, those become supporting characters, right? Would you, okay, would yeah, you agree? Would yeah. you see that? Yeah. Yeah. So based I interrupted on, Based on the specific plot that's going on in the book. If the yes. plot if for that storyline is focusing on one and the vision, then the other ones become... And then I would I would assume you would yes, mean the it other would ones, switch. So like, there would be another story like focusing on Captain America and the one that vision becomes supporting them. Yes. That. Okay, yes. that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. And so that's how I would argue that that a, a team book um, d- does have supporting characters with of the team members themselves. So, yeah. I know that I know that kind of chased rabbits a little bit, but but hopefully that, that all made sense. So in that sense, it's like it's like a it's like a it's like a sports team, right? Everybody has their goal, and there's a time where they get highlighted. Yes, right. It, it, it was kind of I was thinking about um, Oracle from Batman today when we were talking, you know, in preparation for this. And that's an interesting character because she started out as really supportive as Barbara Gordon, then she mm-hmm. became Batgirl, then she yep. got into she became Oracle, and she went back into back on the bench to some degree. You know? Yeah. And so that's that's one character with multiple kind of roles depending yeah. on the, the story, right? Yeah, you could say she became a primary character when she was Bat, it was Batgirl, right? Yeah, yeah. not Batwoman. Yeah. 
a bad girl. And then kind of became more of like, again, like a supporting character. And I mean, you could almost say she's the, the actual technicality of like the perfect example of supporting character and the fact that she plays a supporting role for Batman as far as information as Oracle. Like there's even more to that just support. It's like, no, it's actually supporting the group. Yeah. 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 And I think some, some characters can't break out of that role. Like I remember, I mean, like Jimmy Olsen, right? Then they had Jim, Jimmy Olsen had his own comic book. And like, <laughs> yeah. I had no desire to read Jimmy Olsen's solo comic book, you know? No. Not necessary. Yeah. Well, and I think, you know, I mean, we could we could probably uh, spend hours arguing about this and, and please don't let yeah. Wednesday Whammers hear, hear us talking about this. But I, I think part of what drives comics a lot is that we, we don't want to just see the average Joe and Jane, right? That's us. Yeah. Um, you know, we want to see something extraordinary. And it doesn't have to be superpowers, right? I mean, James Bond is not superpowered, but he's extraordinary. You know, he he's not just normal us, and and so I think that was kind of the problem with Jimmy Olsen is that he was just I mean, I, I, if I recall, I didn't read it beyond maybe an issue or two, Curtis. So correct me if I'm wrong. Was it the title actually uh, Superman's Pal? Yeah, Jimmy Olsen. Yeah. 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 So it's kind of like, oh, why are you special? I'm Superman's pal. Well, who cares, right? <laughs> it was such a weird. It was. I mean, I've seen them try to do books on supporting characters. I mean, I guess you get. Well, they did the Robin book. Did they even do Robin anymore? Did he go back to being the primary sidekick for Batman? But I remember that Robin and that works. So they kind of made him a primary character. But I mean, I don't remember they were doing a Lois Lane comic. Or, man, maybe they did. I don't know. I mean, maybe they did do a Lois Lane. I'm pretty sure there Aunt was a May Lois comic. Lane. We need to do an Aunt May comic. That's, <laughs> that's the one that's going to sell off the yeah. shelves. Yeah. It'll just be like like 24 pages, every panel of her like watching TV and flipping channels. Yeah. <laughs> maybe taking something, sitting in a rocker. Staring, staring out the window looking for Peter, right? Yeah. <laughs> Where's Peter? Halfway through uh, the issue, the uh, oatmeal raisin cookies get burnt, and you know. Yeah. All, all mixes, you know? <laughs> See, Michael says yes. Uh, more comics need to be written with that method nowadays, and and yeah. uh, I, I would I would kind of agree with him. Um, and then he also said, uh, "Too late, we heard you." Sincerely, the Whammers. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So so what else? Uh, kind of go back to Spider Man here. Um, what would you? So we we mentioned Aunt May. We mentioned Mary Jane. Um, who else? Well, Foggy Nelson. Daredevil, yeah. Um, man, I'm trying to think. What about why isn't she? Is she still dead? The uh, the girl that died. What, what was her name? Uh, Gwen Stacy. Gwen Stacy. Or I, I, I guess I just assume it's Marvel. That died. Well, she what died. I mean, heck? Marvel brings everyone back to life, so I just assume she came back to life in some capacity. Well, I, I think she, I think she probably has because that's who Gwenpool is, isn't it? It's, uh, okay, well, Gwen Stacy and Spider Gwen or Spider Spider Gwen, oh, the, yeah, yeah. Alternate, alternate universe, though, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Robbie Robertson. Robbie Robertson's another supporting one. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, he's going back now. Yeah. Harry Osborn, Norman Osborn. Oh, Harry, yeah. Harry. Yeah, I think Harry. Harry was a good one. Um, because Harry was Pete's friend. Yeah. Flash Thompson. Flash oh, Thompson. Yeah. yeah, he became more of a friend. He was kind of an antagonist, but then he became more of a friend. Yeah. 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 Would you now? Would you guys consider sidekicks? 
supporting characters. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Don't you yeah. think? I would. Th- yeah, I would think so. I mean, it's kind of like, you know, like Sherlock Holmes and Watson. I would, you know, Watson would be a supporting character, but it's almost like, can you imagine? Yeah. I mean, they'd be primary supporting. I think that would be based on what the folks can be. I can see. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, see, Michael says, Aaron, Spider-Gwen? Come on, man. I don't I haven't read Marvel Comics in a long, long time. <laughs> Sorry, dude. <laughs> Mike Thompson a- actually became Venom for a bit. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. did he? Agent Venom. Yeah. I did not it was know quite that. cool, actually. Huh. I thought so, anyway. Yeah, I, I didn't I wasn't aware of that. Um, yeah, I think... Um, all right, so so Curtis mentioned Foggy, so let's let's move over to Daredevil then, because I, I think I think uh, Spider Man has a, a, a I think Spider Man is kind of to the Marvel universe like Batman is to uh, DC, the DC yeah. universe. Spider Man has a really strong ensemble cast, right? He's got a he's got an ensemble group of villains. Uh, when when you think of uh, uh, superheroes, you tend to think of the villain that goes with them. Well. We could probably there's five of us. If we said who's Spider Man's biggest villain, we might get five different answers here. Yeah. Who, who do you who do you say, Curtis? Oh, Green Goblin. Oh yeah, who, Green who, Goblin. Who do you that, say, Roberta? That's what I thought. Yeah, I was gonna say that. So. See, I say Doc 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 Oc. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I'd say you. I, I would also say there's probably an argument for uh, the Vulture because he was one of the earliest Spider Man villains to be around yeah. for a long time. You know. Uh, but but and Batman, I think, is kind of the same way because there's this he's got this big ensemble cast as well as an ensemble uh, a, a group. Yeah, CC yeah. Michael says he would say Doc Ock too. So yeah, yeah. I think Batman's easy. I think Batman pretty much everyone would say Joker. Yeah, just and I, and I think that's even been pushed by DC as the main yeah. villain because he's the only Batman. one anybody cares about. It seems like yeah. I, I, I think I think somewhere along the line they everyone decided that. Uh, some of the villains like uh, Penguin and Riddler and they were, yeah. were, were too goofy. Yeah. Even though some people have done some cool stuff with them. With yeah. People. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh. So. Oh, whoops. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, it's funny. Some of my favorite, I, I was a big fan of Alien Legion. I was always a fan of uh, Jugger Grimrod. I don't know if you guys know that character. Mm-mm. He was in. The, if you ever read Alien Legion, it's basically like yes, uh, the French Foreign Legion <laughs> in space. Um, so it was basically like GI Joe in space. I think it was written by one of the guys who wrote GI Joe for Carl Potts. Is uh, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. Didn't Carl Potts and, do Alien Legion? Yeah, yeah, he did that for a good while. And Jugger Grandma was just this character who was like, you know, since it's a French Foreign Legion, the uh, the Legion, the Nomad Legion that the story is about, were basically comprised of thieves. And fugitives and everyone, you know, if you join the Legion, you know, all your past crimes are erased. Well, Jugger was your actually like classic pirate. Like he would go on the battlefield and as they're fighting, he would steal all the stuff. Always <laughs> looking for it. And, and he was just such a funny character because he was just completely the self-serving guy. He actually ended up being like a very deadly combat. But he was probably one of the most classic ones in the story. And uh yeah, I'm trying to think of even myself, like, class, but I'm trying to think of the stories I've read the supporting characters. Um, that was one. So would you guys consider villains, even though they're villains, would you consider them supporting characters in a way? Yeah, it's a certain villain, certainly, like Joker, because he crops yeah. up how often. The Green Goblin is, is how Norman Osborn is a big supporting character in Spider-Man, regardless of whether he's 
Whether he's a villain or not, yeah. yeah. That's what I was kind of thinking too, yeah. Um, even even think of the X-Men. I know it's all changed recently, but Magneto's, you would say he's a villain, but he's now... <laughs> he's, he's, now yeah. he's a good guy, sort of. Aaron, Aaron, uh, you you beat uh, C. Michael to it because that's what he said. He said, uh, "Do villains fit the classification of supporting character?" <laughs> yeah, I, I was just curious. I mean, I think technically in the story they're antagonists. Yes, I, but... I, I I think on the whole, the I, I, you know we probably you can almost always come up with exceptions, but I think yeah. on the whole the answer is no. Yeah, I would yeah. say that the yeah I would say. Yeah, I would say no, but like Peter, there's exceptions where Magneto was, and then yes, supporting yes. characters, but there's certain characters that defy that. Yeah. Well, and, and like uh, the, the Goblin was uh, was Harry Osborn, so he was he was part of that story, but but villains, the antagonists, tend to wander in and then wander yeah. out of the story. Uh, Harry was w- w- the Green Goblin would wander in and out, but Harry was part of the story, right? Part of the story. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and, and and that might be a little kind of wonky to think of it that way. I don't I don't know. But um, all right, so so let's let's go ahead and go to to, to Daryl then. Who were some of his um, supporting cast? Foggy, 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 isn't it? I think of Electra. Now, would Electra count? Even though she was a villain, she seems much more of a love interest. I would say Electra would be a supporting but character. She's not supportive. No. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, it depends on the story they're writing. Sometimes she is, sometimes she's not. Yeah. <laughs> um, Karen Page, of course. Yeah, I would say yeah. Karen Page. Mm-hmm. Stick. Sure. stick. I would say Stick definitely is one of the. Yeah, I would yeah. say Stick. Yep. Oh, um, Turk. <laughs> no, Turk's a villain. Is Turk a villain or is Turk a supporting character? That's the big question. It's in almost every issue. <laughs> Did Daredevil ever have a sidekick at one time? Um, technically, yeah. Um, what was the name? Is, Echo, is Echo a sidekick of his? So, yeah, I guess that would be a supporting character. I was thinking, like, did he have a sidekick? Because I was like, just, everyone um, in Daredevil's life seems to die at some point. Um, <laughs> so, curse. Yeah, I don't know how long they hang around for. <laughs> so I, I, I'll have to, I, I'll, I'll admit, I don't remember uh, a, a, a sidekick for Daredevil. Yeah, but, I mean, I know that maybe that was one. Echo was almost like a, like another version of Electra to some degree. Like she was kind of a rival, a little or protege. I can't, I couldn't tell. Yeah, she was a cool character. But I really liked her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah uh, see, Michael said Electra supports the plot, um, which I would kind of argue that that any character in there ought to kind of support the plot. Yeah. Um, and it says Electra is actually Daredevil right now while he's in jail. That's interesting. I wonder if that you know, strange enough, I saw an illustration of a female Daredevil today. I thought it was like just like a fan thing, but yeah. maybe that was the actual image of her as Daredevil. I don't read Daredevil, so maybe that's weird that should come up. And I saw that image today. Well, well I. I was gonna say that the the, uh, the the Frank Miller run on Daredevil is is a, a must read. Yeah, um, yeah, those are that's pretty much most of the Daredevil I've read. Yeah, I mean my my favorite story wasn't it was that and I think I still have the book somewhere. Electra strikes again or lives again. That was it was a big white book. It was a hardback book by Frank Miller. Yeah, that was awesome. I love. Well, that book. I, I would say I would say second to that would be Anna Sinti's. 
um, you know, she she followed. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. If she was the the writer followed him immediately, but she followed uh, uh, Frank Miller mm-hmm. on Daredevil, and she wrote some really good stories. I, I think uh, I think Typhoid Mary might have been her creation. Oh really? Okay, yeah. yeah. I don't don't quote me on that, but I know that 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 she wrote a lot of Typhoid Mary stories. So I, I'm I'm thinking that that might have been her creation. Huh. But, Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Really, 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 really good stuff. So, yeah, so um, I was thinking of like even my favorite superhero, Wonder Woman, like her supporting character. Okay, so who 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 would that be? I'm gonna say Hippolyta. Keep. I'm gonna screw up her mother's name, Hippolyta. 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 Thank you. I always screw up trying to pronounce that. Hippolyta. Her her mother would be a supporting character. Um, the Catapolis, the last name, the mother and the daughter. I can never remember that. Like Vanessa, and then the mother. Then they met them. It was like she was an archaeologist that she met. And she's been in some of the stories. She was more in um, George Perez's run. He really introduced mm, yeah. her to him in that yeah. run. That was a good run. Yeah. Yeah. And also, um, oh shoot, who's the uh, who's the the pilot dude? Uh, oh, Steve Trevor. Steve. Yeah. Thank you. I'm si- and I'm he kind of comes trying in to say and out Trent. I'm like Trent. Yeah. Trent. <laughs> yeah, Steve <laughs> Trevor. And it's funny because I thought. I mean, when I watched the movie. They made Steve Trevor love interest, but a lot of the comics I've been reading, he he never was. He was a friend of her, but he ended up marrying this other lady called Etta Candy, and so he never was a love interest of Wonder Woman. So I thought that was interesting. I thought, oh, that's certain. It's like no, that yeah. was for the movie, I guess more for the Chris Pine character, Steve Trevor. Yeah, yeah. Chris Pine, Prime said, uh, he said, probably said, I want to kiss Gal. Yeah, I mean, who doesn't? <laughs> okay, yeah, I can do that. Yeah, I'm her love interest, of course. Um, all right, so what about a, a team like the Avengers? Okay, so we, we, you know we've always, already talked a little bit about uh, ensemble cast, but outside of the the characters, who would you say some of their uh, their supporting characters are? I would say Jarvis. Jarvis, Jarvis yeah. yeah, yeah. But he would also work as Iron Man because he was wasn't he Iron Man's butler? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and then became the butler for them. That's right. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's hard because you consider all the superheroes actually part of the team. So you have right, which I think kind of goes back to what I was talking about a little right. bit earlier that, that you you kind of have one or two of them that kind of drive the story. Um, you know, I guess you uh, you might call it like a viewpoint character, and then the yeah. others are are kind of the supporting cast. So, I mean, you would you know, I keep thinking of like if they were going to Batman, you have Commissioner Gordon. Who's a yep. police? I was kind of yep. wondering if the Avengers worked with any police department or had any oh. sort of law enforcement people. Because I know in the Wonder Woman they introduced this, and I, I can't remember his name, this police officer that was John Byrne, and now he's become a supporting character in the comic. And so I've noticed running that there's like law enforcement people that become friends with the superheroes and become supporting characters. I don't know if the Avengers had anything like that. No, I don't think yeah. so. No. Would you say Nick Fury? Well. I mean, maybe in the movies. I don't, I'm not sure. A lot of the comics I've read, he was kind of there, but not super really. He's yeah. more of a, a the movie version. Yeah, Nick Fury. I don't. I don't. I don't think Nick Fury was really that involved in the Avengers. Okay, I, mean, yeah. I, I don't remember him in the Avengers that frequently. Um, yeah. He, he. I think he. He probably showed up more in Cap in Captain America's comic than okay, in, I can see in that. the Avengers. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, I think the part of the problem with the supporting cast for the Avengers. Is that uh, a lot of times the supporting cast was their secret identities? Yeah. So, oh, yeah. 
So you had Tony Stark, you had Donald Blake, um, was a su- supporting cast member because he was a doctor, right? Yeah. Um, so, you know, s- several of them had secret identities, and those were supporting cast members for the Avengers. They never did introduce Donald Blake into the Thor movies, did they? Well, no, they gave it a wink. They gave yeah, it a wink. the first okay. one, wasn't yeah, it? Th- there was a uh huh. There was a there was a wink in that first uh, the first the very first movie when um, uh, so when when he when he oh shoot who was the guy when the who was the supporting scientist dude oh um, Selfig you know, or something Selfig yeah so yeah. he he when he he broke in to get Thor and he pulled off a name badge and the name badge he pulled off or something like that was Donald Blake. Okay, so they yeah. okay. Or maybe maybe they pull off the name black, uh, name tag, and that's who they said Thor was. So this is a, this is Doctor Donald Blake. I got to get him out of here or something like that. Yeah, yeah. So there was there was a little wink wink nudge nudge kind of thing, you know. Uh, see, Michael said Nick Fury had his own thing, so he's more of a uh, guest, well, star. guest star. Okay, yeah. that makes more sense. I yeah. uh, one of my big um, Avenger story I like was the Ultimate. That's the one I remember. And the I what? Think- the Ultimates, the oh, night yeah. when they did the, uh, and I think Nick Fury is more of a supporting character, but it was, but that was because the Avengers supposed to be like a Shield initiative, kind of like right. the movie. Yeah. So that's why I was thinking that. But in the in the actual Marvel Avengers comic, yeah, they're more separate. Yeah, I remember that. They yeah. were, yeah, they they were they were definitely separate, and um, they really were more kind of funded by Tony Stark. Yeah, you know, it was a uh, private thing. Yep, it was a private thing, and and he, you know he was the the millionaire that had uh, let them. He bought their headquarters and all that kind. Of, actually, they had a I had a house, Avengers Mansion. Right. Um, they didn't even have a, a headquarters like that, and the mansion was in the middle of New York City. Everybody <laughs> knew where it was. So yeah, I remember that. Yeah. yeah. So, so, so strangely enough, what about the Fantastic Four? Yeah, I think they, I would. They, s- um, they got Herbie the robot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, Alicia Masters for a long time. Yeah, yeah. Um, she was a supporting uh, supporting cast member. Um, yeah, that's. A, I, I know some about the Fantastic Four. So I was just Wyatt, Wyatt Wingfoot for uh, a big chunk of Burns' run, anyway. Um, anybody remember Wyatt Wingfoot? Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. Um, Dragon Man. Yeah. Um, their kids to a yeah, lesser, of, yeah, lesser yeah, extent. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's interesting. I I don't I don't know that I've ever thought about Fantasy Four supporting cast who, that much. Who, who was uh, King's girlfriend? Or Iris or No Alicia. Alicia. Alicia, Alicia Masters. Yeah. 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 She was the blind sculptor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, I always think of like the X Men, and the X Men, I would. Moira See, that's even a hard one for me. I mean, all of them are mutants, so I mean, Moira would you even more McCarriott? Yeah, yeah. She's the only one that stayed a supporting character. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, they actually, I've read the new The House of X comic, which I'm yeah, that's changed. Uh, yeah, big, I, I kind of had mixed feelings about it, and they made. Oh, her, I loved it. You like that? Yeah, I, yeah, they made her a mutant in that. Eye. I wasn't really. I wasn't a fan of that concept as, as much. Um, but uh, yeah, I, guess I kind of always assumed she was a mutant. 
always liked that she was oh, just. I always thought she was just like a human scientist working with Doctor Xavier to cure. And so, yeah, I don't know. I have a question for you guys. So, like, like, like that example, Lori McTaggart. But it's it's like anything. There's so many characters that start out as supporting, and then yeah. they get powers, or they become something, or or they don a costume all of a sudden. You know, to me, sometimes it's kind of like it's like that one character that's not, that one um, musician that's the least memorable person of the band as a solo. Yeah. And you're kind of like, you know, dude, I kind of liked it when you were playing bass. Like, just <laughs> yeah. You know? yeah. I mean, do you guys? How do you folks feel about that? Because rarely have I felt that it's done in a way that I'm I'm excited or it really works for me. It is sometimes. But it sometimes kind of bothers me. It, 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 they, and I don't know. I, I think the thing with X Men is I, I, I always, I read, and I'm a big fan of Claremont's run. So I mean, like most people, I grew up with Claremont's run, and and mutants seem to be a little more scarce. It seemed more in his book. So and it seems nowadays when everyone you meet, it's like, well, they're secretly a mutant, even though they've been human for years. Like they're secretly a mutant, and I'm like, can we, can we not make like you said, like the, everyone in the spotlight? Can we not make everybody a mutant can we keep some you know like keep her human or because it to me i was, she always felt like a tie to the human world they had the mutant kingdom but maury mctarget felt like the sort of tie to the human science industry the human world but it's like no everybody they know human eventually ends up being a mutant like you and it's like well then i then is that thrust into the spotlight a little so i don't know i'm trying that's the only one i can think of i mean i would think like would you consider cerebro a supporting character in any weird way. That's more of a device, uh, I guess. Yeah, I, I was saying. Yeah. I so it did. Really it did become. A... It came sentient at some point, didn't it? Yeah, that's it what I was character. thinking. It did. So I don't know. So, yeah. um, so you know the problem with with this, um, with the idea of the 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 supporting cast becoming more important. You know, you know the problem with that, right? Well, I would assume you'd have to make. Oh, go ahead. Oh, it takes away the importance from the the, the lead character, or well, there's that. That there, there's absolutely that. But when 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 you when you when you talk purely storytelling, and not necessarily from a fan event, but purely storytelling, when 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 the supporting char- ca- character becomes something different, what happens? I mean, what does that do to the story? I'm sorry. I'm. I'm well, you, you, this is why we shouldn't talk about story things too much. I, I, I feel like I'm breaking into teacher mode. I'm like, I talk about this stuff in class. But I mean, you lose you lose that that piece of the puzzle that connected the whole story. That that part's gone now. That's exactly what happens. Yeah. You you change the status quo, and part of what what we're drawn to as fans is that that you establish something right. So there's some right. kind of the, all the components. It's what draws you as a fan. You're like, this is what I like. This works. And when you take that element and you change the status quo, then suddenly that's not quite the thing that you, as a fan, you like. You're like, well, no, that's not the same anymore. That's, that's you know, I, I don't, you know, I, I, like I said earlier, you know, one of the biggest problems I have with the modern Spider-Man is that I don't like the idea that everybody knows his, his uh, secret identity. Oh, I thought yeah. they got rid of that. I thought they made that like I thought they revealed that, and then they got rid of it. Now this is everyone knows. I, I don't. I don't like you. I don't follow enough Marvel current. Marvel yeah, I don't know. know. I, I, but, I, most of the stuff I've I've read a news headline. But, this happened but, with Spider Man. That's hard. Okay, <laughs> but but see what I liked about it uh, about the initial was that um, that Spider Man uh, that Peter had this over 
overwhelmingly burden of a secret yeah. that he was this Spider-Man guy and he could not tell anybody. And, you know, you think, here's a 17, 18, 19, you know, year old kid. He's, he's got this thing. And he can't tell him anybody because they'll be in danger. I mean, what a burden that is. And I think that, for me personally, that's part of what made that character. And then right. in the movies where, like, you know, oh, his best friend knows and Stark knows. And, yeah, I'm like, ah, you know, stop it. Yeah. I have problems with that. I, I caught, oh, sorry, I, I caught the original Spider-Man on, uh, Television, um, and uh, the one with uh, Toby McGuire, and at the end when like uh, uh, Mary Jane announces her love for him, and he's like, "I can only be a friend to you." That yeah. is exactly what you're talking about. Like, yeah, he, he couldn't give in to that, and that kind of made that character. Now, when yes. everyone knows, it kind of takes away that sort of burden he has to the shoulder it, to do. It does, and and, yeah. and and the problem is that that really dramatically changes the character. You know, you think, oh, yeah. well, that's not a big deal if she knows. Well, no, you know, suddenly suddenly Pete has this whole different set of circumstances, right? Yeah. Um, it's almost like in a weird way when they do TV shows where they have, like, love interests, like it's X-Files. It's and exactly when Cole like and Mulder get together, then, like, well, the tension's gone, and now it completely changes. It's exactly band. like that. It's exactly like that. Because, because you're cheering for them to accomplish something, and once yes. they accomplish it, the status quo is gone. And you're like, okay, well, you know, what's next? Yeah. <laughs> See, well, Michael said about Cerebro, he said, uh, Cerebro became sentient with a sentinel body, which essentially, I think, became a main character in the Extraordinary uh, X-Men. Yeah, that's yeah. right. So, so my, my question then is, is, it's like, it's kind of funny, I was, you know, this is film, but, you know, I, I guess it's tangential in terms of entertainment. You know, I've heard him say, like, when you look at the, like, uh, like when they made the Godfather sequel or a Rocky sequel, it's literally the same movie, just different characters in the same roles as the previous one. I mean, it, it hits the same story points. There's a assassination at the end. There's a, there's these points. So is the solution to have a new character come in and fill that role that the other character is phased out of, or is it just kind of keep it the same thing and kind of go like straight up Columbo where it's, you know, paint by numbers, the same. Story? <laughs> you know, it's funny you should bring up Rocky. Cause I, I, I have to say that was, that was probably one where, when I watched Rocky three and Mick died, because I loved the Mick, his the Mick's character, uh, his uh, trainer, yeah. it did change the status quo, like you said. To me, it did. After Rocky three, after he died, I considered the series kind of done for me. Right. Even though Apollo Creed came in and trained him, it was one of those things. Like, no, I really liked the dynamic between Rocky and Mick training. So I kind of agree with you. To me, at least in that example, it did. Yeah, it did change that. But yeah. what would what would you? I mean, for rolling from a technical story writing standpoint, I mean, is there a solution to that? Or is it just sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't? I mean, do you, you know? I think that's the answer is that sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. Uh, the, the, the thing about it is, and, and you know, and here's the challenge to, to telling the story is that we all talk about, you know, all stories talk about growth. You know, characters need growth, characters need, and growth uh, tends to mean change. Right, so we want our characters to grow and change. The problem is in episodic fiction, if your characters grow and change, you've episod you've grown you've grown and changed them right out of the episodic content, right? Mm -hmm. So, so this is why well, this is why things like you know ongoing Marvel and DC books struggle uh, eventually because you know we're looking at what Spider Man was what sixty two when it uh, debuted. 
Um, you know, you're talking about, I don't know how many of these, that's uh, going on, how many years is that? Somebody help me with the math. 50. Money. Many. Many. <laughs> many. A bunch, right? It's, it's going on. It's, that's a bunch of years. So do, do, do you really have, you know, a 17, 18-year-old character for 70 years? Yeah. You know, that's the question. So what do you do? Well, the problem is if you do give that character change and growth, it's not the same character anymore, you yeah. know? And so you're, it's one of those you're kind of, you know, screwed if you do, screwed if you don't. <laughs> yeah. That's one thing that's really hard, especially since most stories are, are like most of the main characters, a character arc, a growth arc. And that, you know, a lot of stories like, I mean, like Luke Skywalker. For, oh, did we lose everyone? I guess it's no, just me and you. Get, oh, <laughs> oh. No, oh, I, saw, I saw Pete oh, got his camera working again. Oh, and I was, oh, I was, oh, I was, I was I was trying to figure out how I could swap Pete and Roberta, and mm -hmm. uh, no, yeah, just kind of swap you on screen, see if I can. Right. But oh, wait a minute, let's see if this works. No, you want the other? Works. You want the other me? Uh, I've got to fit all that because of my mics on. Let's see. Oh, you have the two mics going. Yeah, I've got to turn it off. Uh, so I didn't mean to just disrupt your 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 thought process there. <laughs> oh no, I, Peter disrupts everything. So that, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. See, I can do this, right? Oh, there you go. But yeah. oh, really? well, let's see if I can. Let's see if I if what happens if I do that. Now, see, it goes back to Roberta. I guess it's because yep. Roberta's sharing. Oh, that, should I stop sharing? No, no, no. Keep sharing. I'll just, uh, I'll just, uh, we'll, we'll just bounce. I'll just try to bounce you back and forth a little bit. You can, you can pop your fingers and stretch your fingers while, uh, while Pete's up there, right? Yeah, definitely. That helps. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, yeah, and, and you know, Curtis can pick his nose in while, uh, <laughs> while we're not on screen. <laughs> Be warned, I can see you all though. So yeah, yeah, yeah. If you if if you if you start can you can now can can the rest of you see at the bottom of your screen? Can you see everybody else? Uh, no, I just no. Okay, so you just see Pete. Yeah, because see I, I have the view where I can see all of you at the bottom just below pick, uh Pete's screen. Mm -hmm. I can see all of you at the bottom. Okay. Which is really weird. So huh. anyway. Um so yeah, I think that's uh, this is one of the problems of, of episodic stuff that we're talking about the characters changing growth. Pete, what are we looking at here? Um, oh, I've covered it up. Sorry. Yeah, this is uh, page one of issue two. Actually, I thought I'd better draw something for you tonight rather yeah. than speak digital roughs. So nice. Hey, I like um, that. Uh, I like that paper there. Yeah. Oh yeah, mm -hmm. it's good, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Uh, Little silver line. Uh, yeah, looks very cool. Looks very professional. It does. It does. I like all those. Uh, uh, what are those things called? Those emergency ladders there. What are the fire escapes? Right. Yeah. Oh yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Looks nice. And of course, that's Miss Miss Fury. Uh, Miss Fury yanking on a rope there. So awesome. That's the idea. Very cool. Yeah. Um. Pete, Pete is, is the bottom of his shoe say Fury? That's, yes. That's not. Nice. That's pretty cool. <laughs> oh, that's, that's that is so cool. She's always thinking about branding. <laughs> you, have, you have to have to kick somebody in the face and leave that in. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> well, I think really Silver, Silver, when Silverline brings out their, their line of, of boots and shoes, they can, uh, they can put Fury yeah. on it. Uh, it's a great yeah. Yeah. Well, now, now, seeing this now, we're going to have to have, she's going to have to leave footprints somewhere, isn't she? Oh, totally. Yeah. Totally. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, all right, so uh, shoot, where, where were we? I, I'm sorry, I, I just I threw us off track by playing around with the screens. We were talking about um, when you change the status quo. You know, I, I was going to say one series that I thought actually pulled it off was, uh, I mean, it was an anime series, but Batman Beyond actually made me okay with the fact that they had Bruce Wayne in a mentorship role and they had a new Batman. That's one of the few ones that really worked for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Hyper Potato says, I'm late. What did I miss? He goes, ooh, I like Miss Fury. Yes. Everyone loves Miss Fury. That's right. Oh, wait, I'm reading it. I'm like, a, sorry, Hyper. I figured I, I can toss you up on the screen this time. So I'm going to do it. Give you some screen time there. Uh, and it says, ooh, I like Miss Fury. And yeah, I agree with Pete. Everyone loves Miss Fury. Uh, I agree with the Batman Beyond statement. I, 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 I did that. Because I watched that, and that Batman became... He became basically like an Oracle character. <laughs> yeah, but he, he was still really cool. It wasn't like... Yeah. He wasn't like completely decrepit. I mean, he still was a really neat character. Yeah. yeah. Is that because you're used to Batman being a mentor to other Robins and characters in his own universe anyway? That's a good, yeah. That's yeah. a good point, Pete. I mean, it kind of was put in there already, I guess, to some degree in the DNA. Yeah. Yeah, because he was kind of a mentor... Yeah. Character. See, Michael said, "Sign me up for some Silverline sneakers." <laughs> uh, uh, and then uh, Iver Potato says, "I'm famous. Look, Dad, I made it <laughs> <laughs> on the big screen." Mm-hmm. Uh, so, um, all right. So, yeah, we we we've we've hit on a whole bunch of 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 different uh, supporting characters here. What is it? Um, what is it? Do you think? Uh, uh, what characteristics do these characters have that make them good or that make them bad? What do you think? What 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 personality traits? What characteristics? What makes these these supporting cast members good or bad? It seems like the ones I usually like or I've seen is the ones who call the hero on their like flaws and others the hero struggling something and it's a supporting character that will point out the sort of you should look at it this way and then aha um alfred i think does that a lot with batman yeah i thought i was gonna say alfred's always trying to be bruce wayne not batman right not kind neglect of, not neglect his who he really is or yeah finds identity like you don't say like maybe the supporting characters some keep the hero grounded a little bit maybe it's okay. Yeah. What's 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 the supporting character there to do? It's to remind them who they are, isn't it? And uh, yeah. be that grounding. Oh, there's me on the screen. <laughs> yeah, apparently yeah, that you. happened. Oh, what happened? Oof. All right, let's see. I think that's probably because my phone got kicked off again. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's been doing that. So we'll see if we uh, get Roberta back up there. Then. Okay. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> Thank you for the break. <laughs> well, appreciate that, but um, I don't yeah. think it's going to be back on. <laughs> so, uh, hey, look at this. Rob Davis. Hey, what up, all? What's up, Rob? Rob is uh, our very own artist on uh, Twilight Graham, everybody. 
Yeah. So. so it's really cool. And he's uh, got issue one. Yeah. I liked issue it's, one. Yeah. yeah. That was the one that came with Fire Rush, right? Uh, no, that was the one that came with uh, Divinity. Yeah. Was it with Divinity? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it was the, it, it first was time the, viewer. First time viewer. That's right. Yeah. Uh, now, but but Rob's accustomed to these uh, um, um, streams because he streams frequently. Rob, correct me if I don't if I don't get it exactly right. He, Rob streams frequently with his partner Ron Fortier from um, with Airship Twenty Seven. So look at that. El Guapo Comics says, "Hey, Rob. Hello, Rob. <laughs> look, Rob, you come on, and and uh, people are saying hello to you." Yeah. I know. <laughs> Uh, he said, just saw you were on, but I'll be heading out. Just wanted to say hello to Roland, who I met yesterday at Infinity Con. Oh, well, that's yeah. right. Yeah. Friends. What's up? El Guapo. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was nice to meet you. Uh, you know, I know you moved down here recently. I, I don't know if you want me to say your name, so I'm not going to say your name because it says El Guapo Comics. Uh, but, um... I know that you had moved down here a year ago or something like that, and we've been meeting to, to meet up, and that yesterday was our, our first opportunity to actually meet. So it was nice to uh, meet you and get to chat with you a little bit, put a, a face to the name. Um, let's see here. Uh, yeah, Rob Rob says uh, Airship 21, uh, 21. I don't want to keep saying Airship 27, uh, they do monthly. So okay, yeah. So El Guapo, for those who don't who don't know, is uh, uh, Caesar, uh, and I hope I get the last name right, Feliciano. So um, I, I was introduced to Caesar via uh, Ron Fortier. So yeah, two years ago, wow! You've been here two years now. Wow! You mean it took us two years? I guess there has been a plague, right? Yeah. <laughs> so um, yeah, and then Rob says. Uh, hello, hola, El Guapo. So, well, uh, well, thank you very much for stopping by, El Guapo and Rob. Uh, we're talking comics, so, you know, it's the kind of thing you guys know. Uh, chime in, we're talking about supporting cast, uh, supporting characters tonight, and we were just getting into, um, we were just getting into characteristics of what makes them we, we went with we, the first hour we spent listing a whole bunch of them and then and now we're going to kind of talk about what makes them good uh characters uh hyper potato said caesar is a great artist found him through comics tribe comics i agree with you hyper potato quite a bit uh yeah and el guapo says yeah we we had met because of covid it's, he's been down here that, that long and yeah it's, covid has kept us from from meeting so and I can't keep up with putting the. Com I'm reading more comments than I'm putting on the online, aren't I? Um, uh, yeah, Rob. Look at this. Rob. Yeah. Rob's kind of hitting on the highlights here. He says supporting characters are best when they compare and contrast to the hero. What do you guys think? Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> so, Pete, I had just added you. You're back on, and it kicks you back off. Oh, uh, I'll give up. <laughs> um. Would, uh, I could see, like, I guess supporting characters in a way could be kind of a little bit of, you know, like antagonist um, because they kind of call the hero out, but not in the way a villain would do it, I guess. Yeah. yeah. And they cover for the hero as well. Yeah. 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 
Foggy's always covering for Matt Murdock. Yep. Yeah. And um, yeah. And I think they, they allow the character to be kind of more fantastical when you have this really grounded supporting cast, you know, of lawyers and police officers. They kind of clean up all the stuff that the hero should have to deal with, you know, yes. <laughs> yeah. like leaving yeah. a crime scene or you know whatever, you know. Right. It's, it's you know. Well, I think. I think one important important thing to remember is uh, they're called supporting characters, right? And 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 there's lots of ways to do that, but their task is to support the hero. Um, Aguapo says, uh, "No worries. Sorry, I missed the stream, but good night. Thank you, uh, Caesar. Uh, it's yeah. Good to see you here. Uh, like we we stream. Of course, we're going into the holidays, so we're gonna we'll be here again next Sunday." Uh, and then we'll take a couple weeks off. But uh, Sunday nights at 9 p.m. And uh, it's when you'll see this group um, every Sunday at 9 p.m. And then on Wednesday, we've got our Wednesday Whammers um, that do it at the same time, nine to basically 9 to 11. So, um, yeah, we'll have to uh, we'll have to get you on and join us sometime. Same you too, Rob. Um, but, yeah, we just, uh, you know, we talk comics and all kinds of fun stuff. So... And uh, I'm, Caesar, I'm sure I'll see you at uh, another show. Hopefully, um, early next year. I'll be at Deland on January 17th. Any chance you'll be there um, in Deland? And that's that's the only show I've scheduled for 2021. So, um, but yeah. So um, I forgot what I was saying now. You know, it's funny. I was speaking of supporting characters, like team book. For like the team books, out. You know. You, they kind of go back and forth, but I always thought it was funny when I was, you know, a kid, and it was, I was a big fan of He-Man, Master of the Universe. Once you say He-Man, he's automatically the prime character, and every other character is a supporting character in that show. Yeah. So if it was like Wolverine and the X-Men, which was a cartoon, then all the other X-Men are automatically supporting characters because the main character is in the title. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's kind of interesting. I was thinking, I was like, oh, that's kind of weird. Yeah. <laughs> I guess it depends well, on marketing, right? They're going to tell you who the main character is. Spider-Man and his amazing his friends. Amazing friends, exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, um, I, and again, I, I think the, the key that you have to remember to, you know, supporting cast members is that their job is to support in some kind of way. And I think, yeah. uh, you know, you guys have hit on a whole bunch of the highlights that they've got to point out their flaws, they got to cover up for them. Um, do you think getting in trouble is also as support? I mean, I think of like Superman and Lois Lane, the classic, you know, Lois Lane get in trouble, and he would support and give Superman somebody to save. You know? Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I yeah, I mean, I, I, I certainly think there could be some of that. Um, yeah. But, the, but I think what that does more than anything is it makes the, the having to save someone more emotional. Yeah, that's what right. I was thinking. If yeah. they're could, yeah, if they're mostly connected to the person, then it makes it that much more. Yeah. So. Because uh, you know. Yeah, Rob said he finished up a cover up for Twi a cover rough for Twilight Grim Three and was going to send it to Roland when I remember the live stream. <laughs> um, well, I appreciate that. I I'm anxious to see the uh, the cover rough uh, now. So, um, hopefully, uh, as an update for Twilight Grim. Uh, Mickey has colored, I want to say, I don't have the files in front of me, but I want to say he's done about 18 pages, so 17, yeah. something like that, so, yeah, it's really close to being, it's really close to being finished, so that's, that's good news, we'll get, be getting, uh, 
um, Twilight Graham 2 on the slate to be kickstarted soon. So, and it, and Rob's jamming on number three. So we're going to go boom, boom, boom with it. Um, what about loyalty for a uh, supporting character? Yeah, I could see that. I mean, again, I keep thinking back to Alfred being loyal. And maybe it's just the fact that I got done watching Batman Begins again. <laughs> you know, I'll never leave you. I'll never give up on you. Sort of thing. Yeah. I think with loyalty, I mean, it can come and go, too. I mean, like, like Foggy Nelson is that example where, you know, super loyal to Matt Murdock. And then, you know, then there's the whole thing with him and Karen Page, you know. Kind yeah. of, so this is a good uh, uh, Rob has a good observation here uh, Tonto for the Lone Ranger obviously and Watson for, for uh, Sherlock Holmes to yeah. give the hero someone to talk to for radio and television yeah you know this mm -hmm. is the, it, telling the story is often one of the hardest things to do if you've got a solo character because they are just talking to themselves a lot and and when you're when you're something you know, when you're reading something you need something to read it's not a picture book right you need something to read if you just got one character walking around then it's just a bunch of thought balloons or you could go the the um, with the captions right but yeah. this gives somebody something to some someone to talk to and bounce ideas off of and and help advance the story that's a good, good and they're, point. They're, 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 the, they're the relatable character, really, aren't they? Because you can't really relate to a superhero because you're not a superhero, but you can relate to the the normal person. Right. Yeah. yeah. They do have a lot of, like, the, yeah, like you said, superheroes, uh, seeing the superhero through the, the eyes of supporting characters. Yeah. Rick Jones. We were talking about the Avengers supporting characters. Oh, yeah, that's right. The Rick Jones <laughs> Rick guy. Jones, yeah. yeah. For, for I, always made him a, I always made Rick Jones a Hulk supporting character. Well, yeah, he, he was, but uh, I think initially. But now Rick Jones became part of the Avengers, therefore, uh, mm. uh, or the Avengers cast, for a long time. Because you remember he... Uh, he swapped places with Captain Marvel. Uh, oh, that's right, yes. Yep, for for was it the those bands he had? He had to click the bands, and then he would go into limbo, and Captain Marvel would come out. Yeah. Or, I can't remember. Was it limbo or the negative zone? Like, maybe it was, I, I can't, can't remember. Yeah, I can't remember what. But but basically, they swapped. So whenever you know, it was a little bit of a Shazam thing, I guess. But whenever he needed Captain Marvel, he hit the bands, and Captain Marvel came and did his super heroics, and then Captain Marvel hit the bands, and Rick Jones came back and continued to live his teen life. You know, one one thing that you know, when when Rob brought up about Tonto, and we're talking about how those characters are relatable, I think it also shows us how the hero would treat us, right? If he's, you know, if he's treating this quote unquote peon, you know, like really nicely and. Uh, then we can also not only relate to that character, but we can respect and look up to the hero because we can see how they right. us, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. so we're talking about bad supporting characters. Do you guys want to talk about what we considered bad supporting characters? Because you've been talking about like more awful ones. Did Roland freeze? No, no, no! I'm here. <laughs> You're so oh, still for a minute there. I thought, I thought your your camera froze. <laughs> I can stay this still for a long time. Is he? <laughs> yeah. Really freeze the camera. Um. Yeah. Rob says, uh, people to relate to 
Uh, yeah, Robin and Bucky for Batman and Captain America were designed specifically to give some uh, give kids someone to late, uh, relate to. Right. Um, Hyper Potato says, uh, I like some loyalty, but also a little conflict. A bulldozer loves Sergeant Rock, but wants his stripes. Yeah. So. That, that actually reminds me, one of my favorite supporting characters was Starscream in Transformers. Because he was always trying to outdo Megatron and get his, yeah. get his title. Yeah. <laughs> no, like, I remember, yeah. Well, you know, you talk about uh, a little bit of conflict as well. well you, you know, we mentioned Flash Thompson when we were talking about Spider-Man. Well, Flash yeah. uh, was a fan of Spider-Man, but he picked on Peter Parker because <laughs> yeah. you know, he was a geek, right? Yeah. But he was this huge fan of, of Spider-Man. Uh, but, you know, Pete was a geek. Damn geek. <laughs> yeah, Peter can relate. The nerds yeah. run from Peter. Uh, <laughs> Oven, what's up, Oven? I got yeah. to. I got to. Oven says hello, Silverline family. I actually got to see Oven yesterday. And uh, for those of you who uh, are on Facebook, um, and I guess I, I, I hyper potato reminds me that I need to post to Twitter too, and I don't always remember to do that. Uh, but uh, there's a, 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 a we grabbed a bite to eat afterwards, and um, uh, me and John Crowther and uh, uh, and Martin Piero and Heidi, uh, both of those guys were from um, well Martin and Heidi from Cosmic Times. John, of course, uh, is doing Team Beetle for us, and then also he um, does all those wrestling comics. And I, I ask his forgiveness because he knows that I say all those wrestling comics because I don't know the first thing about wrestling. Uh, but we went out to eat and Oven joined us, so uh, we had a we had a fun time last night. We were we were. I, I, I'm, I, part of me thinks sometimes Oven was a little bit bored because we got to have to talk. You know, talk. You know how it is after a convention. You get the and, you, and then you solve all the problems of the comic industry. You know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, see, Michael says Peter was a nerd. He was smarter than a geek. Oh, we're not going to get into that right now. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> Wait, you agree with C. Michael? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, there's a difference between a geek and a nerd. Okay, we're not I'm, this- I'm a geek because I collect comic books and I read comic books. So I think that makes you a geek. But I'm not a nerd because I'm not super intelligent. All I do is read science and math. <laughs> Peter, Peter, you're a geek, Peter. Do chickens get nervous around you? <laughs> Don't get that. <laughs> I, I I missed that reference, I guess. That's what geeks originally were. They were circus performers. That's where the term comes from. Oh. Didn't I know that? Yeah, yeah there, were, there were people who like bit the heads off chickens. And they oh, they sound cool. Called geeks. Yeah. Okay, That's- well, there you go. Rob Davis says, hey, open! Uh, Nita says, see Michael, so you just trolling tonight? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I just imagine when I see, when I see both Nita and see Michael posting, uh, they did that this morning too as well. I, I almost see them like back to back saying, oh, watch what I'm going to say here. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and see Michael says, thank you, Peter Clinton. That's okay. <laughs> and he says, no, just being honest. Uh, there's an order to these things. Yeah, there, I, there actually is. I watched it, not to be too uh, off topic, but I watched the documentary on stupidity. It literally was, and they were talking about the terms moron and and dork and and all these terms. That mean, yeah, whatever. <laughs> there were actually there were actually classifications to classify people's 
mental ability yeah. and mental institute. And I was like, really? I'm like, so I didn't know there was a magnitude of order. Yeah. So oh, yeah. What well, was worse than, you know, I did not know that. Well, yeah. it was funny because we were watching the, the, uh, the crown. Have y'all, y'all seen the crown? I know what it is. Pete's like, don't watch that. That's like, uh, uh, anyway, we were watching The Crown. We enjoyed it, um, and uh, there was, it was the episode. Uh, not to give too much away, but it was the episode where um, they discovered that there were cousins to the royals in an, an, an asylum, right? And they were. Um, oh yes. Yeah. So I, I, I'm asking forgiveness right now because if I use in, in proper terminology, this is what caused a family fight tonight, right? Is um, you know in the 19 this would have been 19 I guess 70s 80s at the time. Mm-hmm. And um, they said something about, you know, one of them had idiocy and one of them was uh, imbecile. Yeah. And, I, and I said something about, oh, I didn't know that, you know, the one of the royals was, you know, was an idiot. And, um, or no, we were saying something that said, oh, when they were talking about when they were an idiot. And my daughter got really mad. She says, you can't say that. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa hold on now. This is, this was a, this was a real thing. This was, mm-hmm. a, 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 you know. The psychologist had said, you know, there are levels of mental capacity, and there really was an idiocy, and those people were called idiots. And, of course, my son said, I thought that was just a, a, a an insult. I said, well, it's become an insult, because, well, yeah. you know, but I said, you know, no, and initially that, that this is where, you know, you could have a, a, someone who was kind of labeled an imbecile. And he said, "Well, that's an insult too." I said, "Yeah, it's an insult." I said, "We've taken these terms and we made them all into, you know, insulting kind of terms." But there were like five or six. But at one oh, point, yeah. yeah. But at one point in time, these were sort of medically applied terms to people who, you know, had or were men- mentally cha- challenged. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, it was an it was an interesting little conversation there for a few minutes because, you know, yeah. I, I said the wrong thing and set my kids off on me. I'm like, whoa, yeah. whoa, wait a minute, you know. <laughs> We were trying to put in historical context of where these terms come from. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah. Anyway, but uh, it was it was it was pretty interesting. Ovid says yesterday was so much fun. Martin was so funny, and Heidi was sweetheart. I'm glad I got to come along. Uh, yeah, yeah. Martin's a funny guy. Martin Cosmic Times is a uh, definitely a friend of Silverline. Um, and we talked about all kinds of things and plans. And Martin's uh, cos- got got big plans for Cosmic Times. I had banner envy uh, from Martin. He had this huge banner. Hung up behind uh, his, we were side by side at the in the, uh, the convention, and he had this huge uh, uh, cosmic times banner that literally was, I want to say it was like uh, ten feet across, or maybe uh, yeah, ten feet across, but but all the way from the top of the back, probably like at least eight feet tall, or something like that. So uh, yeah, it was it was it was sweet looking. I think he's got a a, a picture of it, but. Uh, oh, here Rob Davis says, "Dork, a silly, out of touch person who tends to look odd or behave ridiculously around others." He's given us some definitions here, right? Nerd, socially awkward, and an intelligent but single-minded person obsessed with non-social hobby or pursuit. Geek, a yeah. digital technology expert or enthusiast, and a person who has excessive enthusiasm. Four and some expertise about a specialized subject or activity. Yeah. <laughs> Rob, did you not hear me? I said we're not going there tonight. 
So he robs, robs, a, robs a geek because he's gone and got you all this. Yeah, he's, <laughs> right, yeah. Uh, he's just staying with you. He's proud he and he's out there. He's like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Ovid says, it's not the size of your banner, it's how you use it. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, anyway. Um, so, how did we get off there? Uh, I don't know. Yeah. I can't remember how we were, we were talking right. about supporting oh, characters. And <laughs> Rob says, I went. <laughs> I went there. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so we're talking about bad. We never got around to bad supporting characters. Yeah. Can we think of any bad supporting characters? Oh. Um. Yeah, I'm trying to think of his name. He's Superman. Oh, Jimmy Olsen? Uh, no, no. I, mean, I, like, Jimmy, I like Jimmy yeah, Olsen. That's, that's I like Jimmy Olsen. Um, no, I can't remember his name. I have to Google it. You know, I'm I mean, about Perry Mason, huh? Irritating, like... Perry, I know no, that, Perry know. Mason. Perry White. Perry White. <laughs> Perry <you> Mason. <laughs> I mean, uh, Snarf and Thundercats was irritatingly bad. Terrible. Yeah, not <laughs> so, as a for yeah. a kid, but for a kid, I thought he was cool. He was Sure, fun. Peter. Sure, Peter. No, I, was <laughs> I hated uh, what was what was that green character that was with the Fantastic Four for a while? Impossible oh. Man. Uh, yeah, I could not stand that character. Yeah, there's. It seems like I've noticed like the bad supporting characters are people who do bad comedy movies. I mean, of course, the most obvious one in the last few years, I guess, would be Jar Jar Binks, right? Everyone. Oh, oh yeah. 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 Um, But it seems like, yeah, the ones that we're saying are bad are people are the ones who try to do humor, and they miss the humor, and that's why they're bad. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's a fair point. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm trying to think of, of any... I mean... Nobody. I never minded the Ewoks, but nobody liked them. I guess would you consider the Ewoks supporting characters? I, I didn't. Like I didn't them? mind the Ewoks. I, yeah. I, you know. Sometimes, I mean, you know, probably, probably in trouble for this, but it's like when they have the, the little kid character, you know, yeah. sort of kid character. You know, I was, I was talking um, yeah. to this um, animation director that did this series called Seis Manos on um, Netflix. It's like uh, martial arts and zombies in Mexico in the 1980s. <laughs> That's and, not cool. It's really, it's really cool. You should check it out. Dan, Danny Trejo's in it and everything. But oh. the first episode, because it's within the first couple minutes, I don't think it's a spoiler, but but it starts out like what you would expect where this little kid discovers all these martial artists doing martial arts, and so immediately you're like, okay, this kid's going to join them and become one of them. And like 15 minutes in, the kid gets killed, and you never hear about him again. Oh, <laughs> and it's but, but when you first are watching, you're like, oh my gosh, here we go, an annoying kid that's going to drag everybody down, you know, kind of thing uh, happens sometimes in stories, and they just completely took took the other direction with it. But, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So yeah, sometimes the, the, I think kid characters are are aren't always done earnestly, and that's why they don't always work. You know. Yeah. Way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think kid characters can work, yeah. but if they're not, I, I think, I, well, like any character, I think if, if, you, if they're not treated honestly, um, the, then the audience will see through that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Again, another Aliens reference, Newt, I thought was a good child character who uh, supported the film. She wasn't overly you know, 
I, I'm astounded that we're having problems coming up with b- oh, bad supporting characters in comics. I, 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 yeah, you've seen the reference they, in movies. They tend, get, in the they, bad, and, they tend to get ditched quite quickly. Yeah. 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 Like, Which um, is just bad characters in general. Yeah. I think um, maybe we, when, we, when we talk about books, we talk about books that we like, and there's no books that we don't like, that we like that have bad supporting characters. Well, yeah. It's hard, it's yeah. hard, to, it's hard to, you know. So it's, it, it's, it's Ben Riley a supporting character in Spider Man. Yeah, isn't he? I would think so. I would say so. He was Spider Man for a while, right? Yeah. uh, That's when the Scarlet Spider was around, Mm. right? Yeah. Um, At the time, he was really confusing and probably people really hated him, but actually, they've done some cool stuff with him since, so maybe they've redeemed him. Maybe it's one of those things like there were supporting characters that were bad and now they are good because they've made them better, and that's why we're not thinking of them. (laughs) I mean, I never used to like Robin. Until yeah. they changed his costume and made him more of his own character, then he became cool. You mean when he became Nightwing? Nightwing, yeah. yeah. And then I'm thinking of the second Robin too. Okay, became, yeah. More, but yeah, they they kind of took him a little more seriously instead of like, uh, you know, like the the TV version. Mm-hmm. They kind of changed it. So yeah, I guess there's supporting characters that have changed over time to more reflect, I guess modern tastes so now they were bad but now they're not so bad yeah i like them i mean i liked when it was he was Azrael, like john paul when he when he became the new batman you know and it was like kind of crazy then he became a really annoying character you know and so that was yeah it's a supporting character that became the main character but i really didn't like when they, when they changed him into batman that wasn't wasn't that cool yeah yeah, yeah. Interesting. Uh, uh, Rob Rob Davis says, uh, "Yep, actually, I'm a freak, a survivor of the counterculture." Um, C. Michael then says, um, "Geek's favorite fa- phrase." Well, actually, <laughs> which is so true, right? Um, and then he said, "Ewok supported the death of the Empire." Uh, uh, so sure. Then they became main characters in their own cartoon. Yeah. Um, so, but but that's you know that's an interesting. I mean, that is an example of a, a supporting character becoming a primary character. Right. So here's a good one. Ovin says, "I don't really care for superhero pets." You know, I was actually starting to think. I was a few minutes. Yeah, I was no, starting well, to think of actually like pets, like pet supporting character. I mean, don't like, not crypto. <laughs> yeah, don't go knocking crypto. Oh shoot! The where is the the cartoon uh, where Crypto uh, turns into a giant dog? Oh yeah, oh, don't. Was... But that sounds awesome. I <laughs> know <laughs> it wasn't. <laughs> no, uh, I used to actually show that in my class when I when I, animation was a part of it. Uh, but I was I was showing them what had happened to animation because I would show the 1940s uh, Fleischer stuff. And then I would show the stuff from the 60s and how you would think 20 years later, animations should be so much better, right? But it's not. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of people blame, in, in the world of animation, I mean, when I was in, in college taking animation, a lot of people hated Hanna-Barbera. Because really? Because Hanna-Barbera was the first ones that figured out how to cut corners yeah. and do things cheaply so that they could produce it. The art direction is really great, but when you look at it as animation, it's right. not 
best. And then and then they really lost it when they saw Southwark. I mean, these guys were just losing it when they probably saw. Yeah. When they saw what? South Park. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was like, you know, for them it was a travesty. I mean, <laughs> yeah. They do it so quickly. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's yeah. Time, right? So. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it, it is weird because, I mean, like, uh, I think Funimation did that. I watched a documentary on, on, on He-Man again. G comes up again. But they were talking, like, they wanted to serialize that. Uh, not serialize it. Um, made it for, like, they wanted to have it be on reruns. Right, and I can't remember the names of what they that that term for the show, and so they were doing the same thing. They were cutting corners and animating certain scenes. So you see every cartoon He Man like him running to the side, like the same frame. And so they would reuse these yeah. so they can make more of them, so they can put them on reruns to get more money. And I'm like, oh, interesting. okay. So yeah, yeah. Definitely. And Hanna Barbera was like the classic of of doing that. I mean, right. I, I I always wondered if it was. Like later in the animation, where they actually animate new episodes, just taking other existing clips and just putting the clips all together. Well, so, yeah, well, that, yeah, all about money. That's like that uh, the clip show where, <laughs> where they where you know in the clip show they would say, "Hey, remember when?" And then they show fifteen minutes from a previous episode. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I heard. I mean, and I'm not going to name names, but I've heard some comics are starting to do that now, just to kind of make deadlines. And are they really? Yeah, some of the big guys. Are uh, Marvel and DC, we uh, we're we're okay, casting stones their way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean I'm in this glass house, so I might as well, right? So. <laughs> yeah, right. I always Bob Davis says syndication. Yeah, syndication. Yes, thank you. That's what. Yeah, they want to syndicate it. Um, but yeah, you know, it's funny. I remember looking at some of the Star Wars newer ones, and then I heard rumors that now when they draw some of the Star Wars vehicles in the comics. I was, I was like, that's a pretty detail. And then I figured out they use 3D models and draw over the 3D models. And I always wondered, after hearing that, in some comics, they'll do 3D models to position and they could draw over it. Like, how many artists from the old, like, 70s, early 80s Star Wars comics were like, really, dude? You didn't have to draw the Millennium Falcon from a different angle every scene? Because they had to do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> although, so, although, although I will say, I, I, I spoke to a friend about something like that once. And I was like, well, it's easy. You just make a 3D model. He goes, he goes yeah, it's easy to make a 3D model. That's a good but, point. Yeah, but it, it, it's funny because I kind of noticed when it comes to certain vehicles and comics, like, oh, these look really, really good. And then somebody's like, yeah, they're they drawing over 3D models. I'm like, oh, that's more sense. Got it. So I guess, I, I guess, would you consider that the rotoscoping of comics? <laughs> <laughs> Well, that sounds like a uh, that sounds like a, a really long uh, uh, conversation too, because yeah. uh, one of the things that uh, in in our aftercon uh, conversations, uh, no, I was this morning. It was this morning we were talking about it. Um, sorry, um, I'm operating on on not enough sleep today. Um, one of the things we talked about this morning was th- this very thing, and they're like, you know, they were talking about, well, is that cheating? Um, if you're the artist. And you draw something on the page, and then you print it out, right? And then you take it to a convention, and then you, you know, or, or, or if you do like sketches, gestures, mm-hmm. right? And then you print it out, and you take it to a convention, and and then you draw over it, and you ink within pencil, and then you ink over it. Are you cheating? Is that not really original art? I'll do that. Well, I, I, yeah. Well, I, I take mean, I take a page of, of little gestures on an A4 page, so it just gives me a head start. If someone comes along and says, "I need this," I said, "Right, well, yeah. I've done the hard bit. I yeah. just have to draw that a large." Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no, yeah. I think of something out of the blue. Yeah. yeah, yeah. 
Well, and that was one of the questions, or one of the one of the discussions this morning was that um, there are some people who don't consider that original art, and I'm like, how can you not consider that original art? That's what you would do anyway. You just you yeah. anticipated me asking for this character in a flying pose, and you're like, oh, I got that right here, right? And yeah. but you, it was you, you did it, right? And you're just gonna finish it. Yeah. Who so, was the name of the artist that got caught doing that? He was drawing over like you talk- Sports Illustrated models and stuff. Oh. Does this ring a bell? Like it, he was it, like, right, super you're, not, you're not talking about Rob Granito, are you? No, I don't think so. He you and because he would be like these super realistic ladies, and people thought he was amazing, and they found that he was literally just tracing over photographs, and and the people were upset. And again, I, I was like, I guess you could be upset, but if you like the finished product, then people get really upset about process. If you're not doing it originally, a process, yeah, we're well, like. The people that get upset are the ones that don't do the process, right? I mean, right. Yeah. it's kind of like, I say it's like prep work, right? It's like, let's say you had a food truck. You're going to prep all the sauces and, and grill all the things and get it ready so you can compile it together and make something there. Right, yeah, exactly. Right. It's, it's the same thing. Slaughter the cow, and, you, know, you know, milk the cow beforehand and make <laughs> Yeah. You're not going to get the meal on time, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Rob says, uh, I built models for uh, of the Star Trek ships and posed them for drawing or took photos and projected them onto the page yeah. when I did the Trek books. Yeah, I can see that. And anything that, anything that speeds it up, because yeah. Yeah. it takes a long time. So if you've yes. got to draw the same thing a hundred yeah. times... No. Oh, I didn't think about speed. Do you have Be- fire engine models? I don't have fire engine models. <laughs> <laughs> I once did, when I was in the shops, I saw a model of a, a sports car, and I thought, hey... I want to draw a sports car and the next thing I'm doing is a school assignment. I'll buy the mod, I'm going to buy the model and then I'll just take photos of it because uh, I'm going to draw four or five pages of it. I've got no problem with doing that. Yeah. I, 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 don't, I, don't, you know, as a, I don't have a problem with somebody doing that either. Tommy says, you drew it, so how is it cheating? Not original art? People he didn't say it. He didn't say it, but I can hear him. His next line would be, that's crazy. <laughs> well, strangely enough, once people have a perception that you're cheating in some way, it's so hard to break that perception. Yeah, yeah. Well, speaking of cheating, I knew I knew some guys that were um, back in, back in video games. This one person submitted their portfolio, and it was this obscure Eastern European artist artwork that they just copied, like literally photocopied and put as their portfolio. Oh. So they talked to their oh. boss, and they actually scheduled interview time, and they brought the person in for an interview. And during the interview, they let them talk about it. Well, what do you think about this piece? What do you think about this piece? And then one of the guys pulled out this limited edition Eastern European book of the artwork and he goes, what about this? And the person goes, um, I should be going now, right? And like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Well, the biggest problem that if the guy is not talented enough to reproduce the work. I mean, <laughs> just imagine if, say, he got the job, I didn't figure it out. He's got to reproduce that. If he's not able to, they're going to see through it real fast. Yeah. Good grief. yeah. So yeah. he kind of set himself up for failure even to begin with. Oh, yeah, totally. Uh, totally. Yeah. Awesome. Um, yeah, yeah, Rob says, yeah. Um, Google, where is it at here? Google has pretty much made what I did obsolete. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, yeah. 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 He goes, I use photos on the light table after compositing them in Photoshop all the time. So, yeah. I, I mean, you know, I mean, that's just like you see – more serious art they use models right yeah. i mean they get a model mm-hmm. come in they they stare at them they they you know do chipping away at stone or modeling clay or using a brush or whatever it's no different i don't think oh writer uses yeah. a dictionary right and you know 
Um, and, and like Pete, Peter just posted something today from the, you know, Joe Kubert, like a great video of him kind of explaining the process. And he's showing all the tools that he used at that time. He's like, make sure you have your VCR next to you with your tape on. Yeah. And here's my, here's my um, folders, my manila folders with all my reference catalog here. Yep. You know? You know, Stephen, uh, you know, Stephen Butler was my roommate uh, when we first got, uh, you know, when we were first getting into comics. And it surprised me the kinds of ma- in the magazines he had because he had stacks and stacks of bodybuilding magazines, right? All these big muscular yeah. guys. And of course, the first time I saw it, I laughed. I'm like, dude, what are you doing? You know, because oh, Steve is not a, a super muscular guy. He no. goes, hey, man, he goes, look at that guy. That's the Hulk right there. <laughs> and, and he goes, he flipped the page open and goes, see this? This, this is, this is uh, Spider Man. I'm like, ah. But he also had, you know, all these swimsuit. Uh, uh, edition these these supermodel yeah. you know and and you think about it that's what comics are right they're just all these super hyper beautiful people men and women uh, and that's he just had magazines to use them as as um, as models you know yeah when I went to the keyboard I remember everyone in there was buying muscle and then we would also buy for like did to get to get figure drawing because figure drawing books are super expensive so yeah. we would go buy like playboys because they're like five bucks and you would get all these reference photos and it's like okay you just do that because man you go to some of those books and it's like that explains $40. some of the poses in comic yeah, books yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's why my books sell like hotcakes that's right. <laughs> rob, rob davis says uh, why reinvent the wheel yeah, yeah. i think technology has made it easier and yeah stuff. but it, it seems to be and i, I see this attitude I don't know if it's an attitude or perception more of younger artists starting out, that the idea that you could draw something straight from memory is like this assessment of your talent. When most most artists later on would be like, no, that's just more work. Yeah. <laughs> you know, well, and you talk, we talk about tools, right? So one of, yeah. I, I, will, I will tell you this. When, when, I, when I look at, at samples, one of the first giveaways to me of an artist who, who is not quite ready for prime time yet is that they refuse to use the tools, right? And and when I say tool, I mean the simple tools. I you know you'll see a guy he's got a room and he and he freehanded the line for the wall. I'm like, dude, you can't do that until you've been until you've been drawing walls for 20 years. You know, there's this thing called a ruler. Get it, use it, right? Yeah. You know, I've I've even got one right here in my desk. Right here's a ruler. Uh, yeah. They're pretty cheap. Uh, but I, I see that so much, and artists are like, yeah, well, it's just a straight line. I, I, I can just eyeball that. I'm like, well, you know what? No, you can't. Not yet. Yeah. Um, use a I French, you, you know, use a French curve. Yeah. What's that? I told you about my teacher, like a teacher in art school that was actively dissuading people from doing that. Yeah, I don't get that. And I, and I didn't get that at all. And of course, I, I'm, I'm always the, the perfect student when the teacher's like, don't use a ruler, so I make sure I bring mine to class. <laughs> I and, lay on um, the desk. Yeah, it's like slap. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was ridiculous. He's like, you know, you should practice drawing circles I'm like, or just get a stencil. That's cheating. It's like, how is that cheating? Well, so it's it, just it, like it, I use them all the time. It's like okay, so we, we can't get Pete's page back up, but it's like just the 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 page that Pete was drawing there, right? Mm-hmm. It had um, it, you know, had the fire escapes and it had the buildings. Had Pete tried to, you know, just eyeball those lines, it would not have had the same look, right? Not it, even close. No, it just would not have. It, you know, and I, I'm sure Pete's got a you know a superbly straight line, but yeah, a ruler. What's that? Just got a great eye. 
<laughs> yeah. yeah, but but you know, I mean, it, it's uh, you, you've got a ruler, and you, you you it's a tool. You need to use it because more times than not, it's clearly obvious when you're looking at the work. It's like, why didn't you use a ruler for this? And and that's I I, I will say this the, when I look at artwork. I saw one uh, this this weekend, right? Um, a, a guy who who had artwork. And his, you know, he just was freehanding all this stuff, and his perspectives were all his buildings were, you know, I'm like, I don't think you can make a building that has lines that go this way and this way yeah. together. That just doesn't work. And but he was freehanding all of them, you know. Um, yeah. Tommy says, "What's a ruler?" <laughs> yeah, of course. And then he, and then he says, "Pete knows what a ruler is." <laughs> he does. Oh, yeah. Thousands of them on my table. <laughs> yeah. Different yeah, it's funny. There was another teacher that said the same thing about like Photoshop. He was like, he's like, you can always tell an amateur because an amateur Photoshop would use the, the fill bucket. A real pro goes up through the menu and, and hits film. Like, it's the same thing. He's like, no, I'm just like, oh my God. I, I lost, I kind of lost credibility for my teacher. And I'm like, dude, you sound ridiculous. And you're saying <laughs> this in front of a class. Just. <laughs> uh, Rob says, I still have magazines from when I did seminar. Uh, swimsuit magazines were very yeah. good reference. Yeah, I, I bet they were. Uh, yeah, I still I have a drawer drawer a drawer full of templates, ovals, French curves, circles. Um, I have four different rulers within reach of my drawing table that have different uses. So, yeah, um, you know, it's just one of those things. It's a it's a tool. Well, the thing I was going to say too is is there's a big difference between fine art and commercial art. Okay, oh, yeah. and there's something called the deadline. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, and and, and I was, I I used to, I used to teach art classes, and one thing that I used to tell the students is, is, you know, let's say you spent an hour getting this guy's pinky right, okay? Nobody's gonna come to you and say, you know, I like how you spent those that extra hour getting that <laughs> yeah. right. But if you don't get it right, everybody and their mother is gonna is gonna notice and it's gonna yes, and that's yeah. kind of the thing, this job. But you you, you have to, you know. You have to. Well, and sometimes, and that's where I think, as a, a, a as an artist, right, you gotta you've got to make those decisions. Okay, do I spend the extra thirty minutes or an hour fixing this leg that's not quite right, or do I just cut it and go and say, all right, I see what I did. I'll make sure I do it. You know, learn from it, and then make sure you do it right the next time. Because, yeah, like you said, it really is that hour going to earn you. Is the hour that you spend really going to earn you that much more money? And no, you know, obviously not. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The, yeah. The answer is obviously not. I mean, I I don't know any instance where the the answer is yes. <laughs> you know? I'm just thinking of the pinky guy. Now he gets a job trying not to put pinkies. So everybody just keeps turning <laughs> in comic books. There's nobody with pinkies and gives yeah. it to this guy to draw like the <laughs> ultimate pinkies in every book. <laughs> well, okay. So 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 we're not going to hate on this guy, right? But I'm going to use this as an example. Rob Liefeld. Yeah. Right now, the 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 common internet joke. What's that? Oh, uh, I said I only have one more thing to do. Oh, uh, uh, the the common internet joke is that um uh, uh, is that he can't draw feet. Right? Yeah. Now, I don't know whether he can or whether he can't. I don't know. But it, it, it this may be one of those decisions that Rob just said. You know what? It's faster if I just draw them and put a bunch of clouds around it, because maybe feet something hard for him to draw. Right, and so he just decided, "Hey, here's clouds. That's a whole lot faster than struggling for an hour to get the feet right." I don't know, you know, yeah. I don't know, I don't know if that's the answer mm -hmm. or not. But 
it doesn't really affect the bigger picture of of Rob's art, you know. And it doesn't really it didn't really impact his success. No, uh-uh. uh uh. So, I mean, fans still know. love him. Yeah, yeah. Now, he, he would never be able to do a Quentin Tarantino film adaptation because if you see <laughs> Quentin oh. Tarantino's oh. 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 those feet, man. He's a. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, what's this? What's this? Suddenly, I, I, all the the internet and feet these days. Oh, I, I don't know. Rob says the trick is knowing when to let yeah. go of an illustration and move on to the next one. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think that's you know I, I think that's something that's uh, you know when you're first starting. Uh, same thing with stories, right? I mean, you can apply this to any kind of uh, uh, creative task that you do. Is is uh, you know when when do you when do you let it go and move on to the ne- to the next thing? You know when is it you know when is it done? When is it ready? When do you when do you gotta you know cut and, and move on to the next thing and especially in this day of so much digital uh, yeah. not digital but just so much content going at people i mean if you look at the amount of time people consume content to move on to the next one even if somebody notices the mistake they're not going to really go out of the way to remember or care right you know yeah. yeah yeah it's like it's like what did confucius say it was like you got to know when to hold them know when to fold them wasn't that kenny rogers <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> no, now I just see Confucius playing Kenny Rogers and poker, and he's like, you know, I, I, I teach Chinese martial arts, and I pulled that on my students once in, in Kung Fu class. I'm like, yeah, stay in fighter, you have to run. It's like Confucius said, you know, and they were, oh, Chris, they didn't want to call me out. They were so confused. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to see that. <laughs> now, now, now I have a whole new respect for Confucius. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> 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 no one to hold them, no one to fold them. <laughs> uh, all right, ten forty nine here. Anybody got any final thoughts on supporting characters? Um, I have a question. Okay, uh, specifically for you, one because uh, of all of us, you're, you're the one that you know has done the most writing, and so I'd be curious in Cat and Mouse, the mm-hmm. original run, like. How would you categorize some of the main characters, like specifically like Demon, Champion, Reach, you know, like, mm-hmm. like, 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 is that an example of like, especially with Demon and Champion, like of them sometimes being supporting, sometimes not, but I, I'd be curious what your thoughts are on categorizing that. Yeah, you, uh, you know, that, yeah, that's, um, it's a fairly easy answer, I think. So, so uh, the idea was Cat and Mouse, they were the characters, right? They were the main characters. It was their story. Um, uh, Demon kind of took a life of his own. He he was it was not intended for him to really be more than a than a secondary supporting character in there. But um, you know, stories can sometimes take a life of their own, and and fans ended ended up you know readers liked the character, and so it's like okay, well I like the character too, and so we brought him back in a bigger way. If you'll notice that that. Um, he was very, very limited use in the in the first four or five issues, but then it gets to be uh, stronger, um, and and that was because you know we'd already had the first couple issues done before we started getting the reader feedback, and so we we didn't we didn't have him in there. Same for uh, Kanoich. she wasn't. Um, it wasn't intended for her to play a big role, and she never really did play a very big role in the in the the first volume. Now, in the second volume, was that were you asking that, or were you asking for the first oh, no, volume? Okay, you can answer. Yeah, uh, in the second volume, it was very intentional. I wanted her to be 
um, I, I wanted Kanoich to be the the mentor role that she accidentally was in the first volume. <laughs> I I didn't know that's what I was doing in the first volume, but that's what she became. Um, and so in the second volume, I'm like, okay, I, I intentionally need to make her this thing, and because. Uh, because it had been so many years between the the volumes, I wanted to bring Demon back, but I wanted to have I wanted to have a little bit of backstory with him. And of course, you know, I, I'm talking Alex Gallimore and I are are, are currently as soon as he finishes the last issue of the current Cat and Mouse story, we're going to do a Demon miniseries, um, and that's Tommy is going to ink. Um, and I wanted to I wanted to establish some things there. Before moving on to the the series, I wanted to get some things out of the way and kind of get you know bring him a little bit up to date before getting him into that series. Um, but I intentionally uh, Jesse, um, who is uh, uh, Brett's friend in the second volume, he is an intentional uh, secondary character, um, and I did that because I wanted to you know in the first volume we had Rossman who was kind of a, an antagonistic. Uh, secondary character. Well, I wanted a uh, I wanted a positive inside this time. So Jesse uh, was set up to be uh, Brett's friend, but who's also a police officer. Um, uh, does that answer your question? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I do have one more favorite supporting character. I've rewatched the Blade movies again. I really like Whistler. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 And he's kind of a different supporting character because he's a little more gruff than the other ones who are more kind. So yeah, he's a I always liked him. Yeah. <laughs> Rob adds this. He said, "Here's the thing: if you're going to screw up, do it in the middle and put the effort on the beginning and the end. No one will remember the middle if you stick the landing and the opening. <laughs> if you stick the landing on the opening and closing." <laughs> <laughs> It's true. Have you ever seen people who do that with words? Well, they'll they'll put they'll spell the word beginning like correct in the beginning and the end, and they'll misspell the word in the middle, and people can still read it because your brain only sees the beginning and the middle to identify yeah. the word. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess he's got a point there. Yeah. 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 Well, well, yeah. I I think you know I really believe in strong openings. Uh, you know, in 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 your comics. What's that? Oh, I thought I heard some. I thought I heard it echoes. I really believe in in strong openings because, you know, that, I mean, that's the point of the 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 traditional place of the splash page is page one, and that's that was you know what Denny O'Neill talk, talks about that is like that's the hook. You know, your cover yeah. your cover is designed to get the reader to pick it up off of the stands, off of the racks, right? That's what it's a ooh, pick me up and look at me. Well, the first thing they're gonna do is they're gonna open they're gonna open that first page. And and you know probably flip to the second page. So if you've got something there that's going to hook them, then you've got them. Because if you've got something on those first two or three pages that says, makes them say, "Wow, I need to take this home with me," right? Mm -hmm. Then they're going to take it home, and then you have to end on something that makes them say, "That was a really enjoyable experience." You fill in the blanks for whatever you need, right? But that was a really enjoyable experience. I want the next one now. Yeah. Yeah. And that is excellent advice. I'm not afraid to admit this live and on <laughs> air. Like Roland's been looking at my script from my comic and been going back and forth. And like that was one of the main cr critiques that he gave me. And like I was telling Roland before the show, I said, well, 
I have my own opinions, but I said, you know, I trust Roland, so I started doing it. And as I was penciling it, it just kind of came alive. So I can't, uh, I can't uh, bow my head. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate it, Curtis. Well, no, I appreciate. Uh, it. <laughs> I, I, I'd give you a big manly embrace right now if we could, right? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, so um, so supporting characters should support. I'll just sum up, right? That's what we decided. Supporting characters should support. <laughs> it's like it's like uh, we, we unless you can turn them into bad guys. <laughs> That's true, and then they become something different, right? Yeah. Then uh, or uh, unless you give them their own superpowers, and then well, so here's here's one here's one final question before we 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 answer this. If a supporting character does move on to the role of a villain or the role of uh, 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 of another hero, um, does that supporting character need to be replaced? Yeah, I think so. Unless the, the storyline is they redeem themselves and come back to a supporting character. Mm. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's the Winter Soldier syndrome right there, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. when he comes back. But I can see them being replaced. But of course, it's always hard, especially when they try to replace a very famous supporting character. Yeah. Again, back to Alfred. If somebody tried to replace Alfred, like that would be incredibly hard to do. Yeah. So it would depend on the character, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so, do, you, do any of you ever watch Monk? Yes, the TV show mom. Well, it, it, the, the the first I forget her name, but the first uh, helper he had, yeah, you, know, you you I really liked her, right? But then she went away, and it's like, oh, I don't like the next one. I don't like the next. But then she grows on you, right? And you're like, oh, oh, and I like her better than the first one now, right? Well, that's, that's Doctor Who, isn't it? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. With the helpers, yeah. yeah. Well, the helpers or change, the, the doctor changes, and yeah. every time the doctor changes, everyone's like, oh no, this is going to be awful. I really like the last one. So you said that to the last one as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, Just yeah. Stick with uh, it before you condemn it. Yep, yep. Thank you for listening to the Silverline podcast. I hope you enjoyed the episode. We know we ramble sometimes, but we have fun. And after all, isn't that what comics are all about? We hope you'll follow us on all our social media. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, Twitch, LinkedIn, Reddit, MeWe, Gab. And whatever new thing pops up between now and the time you listen to us. Please like, follow, share, and remember, make mine Silverline.